0: This is Courage Cast, faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey, everybody, this is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to another episode of the Courage Cast. I am so excited about today's interview. I talked with Brandon Gross today. Brandon is an author. He's a photographer. He's also, I think, a videographer because he made an amazing, amazing video that we're going to talk about today. But he is the author of the book, I Forgive Church, and uh, he's got quite a story. He, uh, He had some really difficult seasons in his church. He grew up in church and just lost hope in the body of Christ, as many of us do. And he was very vulnerable with me in this conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you because there is hope. There is hope in the body of Christ. It's the way God designed us to be in community. So he knows what he's doing, right? So I think you're going to really like this. If you're in a place or you know someone who's in a place of just cynicism and just maybe anger and really lost hope, in the church, in the people of the church. Brandon's story is powerful. I think you're going to love it. And uh, I'm going to let you get right into it. My conversation with Brandon Gross of iforgivechurch.com.
1: Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. It's uh, good to be here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, man. It's always always good. Um, I love having first-time guests on because Um, and you don't strike me as somebody that's done a lot of interviews in the past,
1: right? So this is kind of all new to you. It, It is. I, uh, I've done some speaking in the past, but nothing interview wise. So, uh, so thanks for, uh, for reaching out to me.
0: <laughs> I'm a newbie to this. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. A, a good friend yeah. of ours and a, and a Courage cast listener, Jennifer Hawkins, um, connected us. And um, she told me your story. She sent me your video. And I was completely blown away. So what I'd like to do is just kind of set this up a little bit by, um, if you could, just kind of share your story with me. Um, uh, your book and your website's called I Forgive Church. Dot com. Yes. Is that right? It is. Okay. So tell me tell me, what the church did to you uh, that you needed to
1: forgive them for. <laughs> I think a lot of it, uh, I've grown up as a pastor's kid for, uh, I say, most of my memorable life. And uh, I don't know if there was any one specific thing that the church did, but growing up in it, uh you always see kind of the back end or the back side of the the church and the things that go on behind the scenes and sometimes it can get pretty ugly uh people can uh, especially to like pastors and their families there can be a lot of expectations put on those uh those families that you don't often see in the church uh out on the surface so i kind of grew up seeing a lot of that stuff happening and then being in kind of smaller churches we hopped around a lot so every 4 years 5 years something like that we'd be in a new place and uh I kind of saw a lot of the uh, stereotypical stuff where you you hear the jokes like people, churches breaking apart over like carpet colors and things like that. And people laugh about it, but it actually I've seen stuff like that happen and it was over petty little things, but we kind of stayed involved with it. And I actually, as I got older, uh, ended up volunteering heavily, uh, in our local church with the youth, I was, uh, teaching every single week, multiple times. And I uh, also worked in a church management software company. So there was thousands of, uh, you know, church leaders and ministers and pastors I was speaking with on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of got, I think the routine of it was what was wearing down on me. It was one of those things where like the illustration of like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, uh, It was kind of like that. There was a bunch of little things that just made it feel, it didn't feel genuine anymore. It felt fake. Uh, we kind of went through these rituals of like you know sing some songs and hear a sermon, maybe shake a hand or two, and then we would all like jet out the door to try to get to the restaurants before any of the uh the other Baptists down the road or anything <laughs> 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 and then we would come back on Sunday and do the same thing again, and it started to have this uh stale feeling to it and I remember uh it was kind of the gradual loss of hope, but within the span of probably thirty days uh. My wife and I, we just ended up leaving the church completely. I left my job that was uh, involved deeply with the church and kind of wrote it off completely. I mean, I I never was one of those people that kind of got to the point where I was a a hater toward other Christians. But I certainly didn't think a whole lot of the institution of the church anymore. Wow.
0: Uh, So you were really, really cynical at this point.
1: Uh, it's, I'm ashamed to say that I did get to that point. I did. There's a, I think there's a progression of it. Like you can get to a point where you're hurt. And if you don't deal with that hurt, uh, it eventually becomes to a point where it loses hope. And in the worst of all things is you get to a point where you don't feel anything anymore. You're kind of yeah. callous to it. Yeah. And the danger of that is like a calloused heart can't warn you that it's calloused.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, so for you, you saw,
1: you saw fake
0: people, you saw f- actions that didn't line up with, the beliefs that you,
1: that I you felt, grew up with? or Yeah, well, I felt like there was this, um, I kind of had this ideology of like what I thought church should be like. It's like this big loving uh, thing and like there's uh, fairies and rainbows. And I mean, this kind of like a setting with it. And then you would read in like scripture and there was this life to the life of it. I mean, they went through persecution and stuff, but there was this uh, excitement Mm -hmm. And then I would look at the church that, you know, our services and stuff. And it just felt routine lukewarm,
0: very, very much.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And there was also, I think, probably during my days in the church uh, management software business, uh, I kind of started to develop a a very deep cynicism toward building campaigns was one thing, Mm. Uh, like the way money was being spent and. In my mind, I felt like I could see all these things so clearly in the church. But what God later reminded me about was that I couldn't see them clearly in myself. Mm. And so (laughs) that was a fun conversation. (laughs) Uh uh So
0: did you feel like um, there was just anger, maybe some anger? Not that deeply of an anger because there 's a lot of so i 'm thinking of people i didn 't know your story before i before uh-huh. I started talking about this, really, so uh, because I like to kind of go in completely blind, all I know is that y- you 've got a great mission um, with with the book that you 're working on and with the the video that you 're about to release um, but but some people there 's people who have been really deeply deeply hurt mm-hmm. by members of the church or leaders. In the church, yeah. and and I've found that even in my personal experience, the more I have spent time with leaders in the church, like I was saved at twenty three. Okay, so I I got saved at twenty three. I, I I jumped right into church. I thought church was just supposed to be perfect. You know, I thought everybody yeah. was going to be perfect, and and it was going to be like like I envisioned God being. You know, just always loving. There was no agendas, no politics, any of that stuff. I had no idea. <laughs> how much politics yeah. and how much agendas and how much control and insecurity and and all of the thing i mean we're humans right i mean it's yeah. it's exactly how i am if i'm honest with myself on the inside that's that's how everyone else is so but god created it you know he made it for us it's it's a it's it's very important part of the gospel for us to you know how much he yeah. loves his church he gave himself up for his church so i'd imagine that um your feelings were were really, really raw. And your wife went with you. Your wife was
1: experiencing the same thing. Was she a preacher's kid too? She was not a a preacher's kid. She was always very uh, deeply involved in the church. And I actually, there is a part of me that feels very responsible for the bringing her along with me. And I think that was one of the the dangers of when you get into like cynicism and loss of hope and this anger and hatred towards things is that a lot of times we think it's just an inward emotion that affects us, but it affects those around us and those closest to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember God speaking to me about that and how I had drug her in with me along with that Mm -hmm. uh, to where, you know, all the times when I'd be sitting on the couch being like, you know, they're just doing this wrong and this wrong and this is so ugly and listen off my whole things that that was affecting her as well and bringing her along that road. Yeah. Um, And so we both ended up in the kind of the same place and we both had friends that were uh, deeply, tremendously hurt by the church. I mean so much that it just, uh, it rocked their world. And uh, I never would have thought of myself as being one of those people that kind of picks up the, uh, the hurt of others and kind of takes offense at that. But I, I, when I started doing some self-examination, I I saw that I was, um, and I was actually pointing fingers at, uh, at people that I didn't even know I had unforgiveness toward and being like, you were responsible for this. And their name would come up in conversation and this, this hurt and anger would stir up inside me. And it scared me the first time it happened. And I remember God telling me clearly, uh, one of the turning points for me, uh, was actually in the shower of all places, uh, God told me clear today, say, he's like, Brandon, I'm not asking you to fix my church. Mm. And man, I'd, I'd like to say my first response was, uh, okay, that's great. God, let's, let's move forward. But it wasn't. My first response was to, to argue. Mm. Uh, I started listening out all these, uh, these thoughts that I had of like, well, you know, if you did this and this and this, and I started just kind of listing out the things I'd said, your, your church would be beautiful if these things happened. And, uh, patiently he responded. He's like, Brandon, my church is already beautiful. Mm. And that was really kind of the start for me of turning turning around because with the video, uh, what we've done with it is a reverse poem. Uh, and so as you're going through uh, listening to it, there's a lot of the very first uh, part is a loss of hope and this depth of like hurt and pain caused by the church, and that there is no more hope in this thing. Yeah, but it changes. And so when you're looking at it the other direction. It's the same words, and that was really a reflection of what happened inside of me. Nothing changed in the church. It was the way that I was able to see it differently now. It's like that old saying was like, whatever you look for, you'll find. Yeah. And at that point, I was looking for like damaging, hurtful things in the church, and I was finding them left and right. Of course. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) You focus on something long enough, you will hit it. Yeah, hit it. And it's, um, it's very important. I mean, I'm, I'm going through a season right now where I'm really um, paying attention and being very aware of my thoughts and my thought Mm -hmm. life. Uh, And I am blown away by how much our thoughts control can control us if left undisciplined. Oh, yes, Uh, definitely left without any sort of check or accountability. And what I hear you saying is you, you were open to the guidance of the Holy spirit, you were opening to hearing God's voice. And when you, cause you were closed to hearing his voice there for, for a while in those, oh, yes. in that 30 day period where, where you finally said I've had enough and we're done. I'm, I'm blown away that it was only 30 days. I was ready to hear a testimony <laughs> about, yeah, for five,
1: 10 years, we just told totally, you, well, you know, it actually did go longer. Yeah. Uh, we were out of the church probably for five years, mm. uh, for two of those years. Uh, I was pretty, Pretty cynical with it, and again, I never like I, I never felt like my cynicism came toward god i just I adopted this idea that okay, you know I don't need the institution of church any longer; it has nothing to offer me anymore, and I will just replace it with some lunch dates with friends Ooh. <laughs> and uh and that's what I did I, every so often every week or two weeks, I would go out and hang with some uh, some friends who were also believers and uh we would talk about god and things like that but most of the time i would find the conversation uh these these thoughts would come out uh about the church and we would discuss that and there would be a little glimpse of hope on the other side of it mm. and you know there was probably 100 200 of these conversations that we had like in subway <laughs> <laughs> and uh that ultimately was what the basis of the book uh, became, uh, was out of those conversations.
0: So it was a period of five years that you kind of went through, you wrestled and you processed and you kind of came to the conclusion. What, what did you see in yourself? What, what did you experience? Um, and what,
1: what did it take to kind of make the turn? There was a couple things. One of the biggest part was that conversation in the shower of like, I don't need you to fix my church. Mm -hmm. That was very relieving because uh, my personality is the type that likes to push buttons and turn knobs and and fix broken things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even though my first reaction was a little bit of anger toward it, it was very relieving because it was like, oh, Well, you know, if God wants me to fix this problem that's in the church, then he'll give me the tools and resources I need to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And if he's not doing that, then it's not something that needs my focus at the moment. Mm -hmm. And the second part of that was him reminding me what my focus really should be on. And I remember him asking me once he was uh, like, Brandon, could you still uh, be part of the church if you would just walk with me and remember me? And it was a difficult kind of question because I was still in that that point of early on of looking at the brokenness in the church and like, you know, I just don't see you in this. But what I later found out was that if I would focus on walking with my father and simply remembering him in all situations, that my uh, attention didn't get distracted so much by all the things that I thought were broken in the church and that he was capable of redeeming. The church, regardless of that brokenness, mm-hmm. uh, that there wasn't anything too big that he he couldn't handle, and so but that did require a lot of stepping in our part. Uh, we I, I could feel myself being led that I needed to go back uh, and be a part of the the body of Christ again, and that was incredibly awkward at first because you know we were so heavily involved before, and then we'd been out for five years, and then we come back and everything looks different, and we don't really know where we fit anymore. And you're sitting in like a Sunday school class, and you're like, I don't know these people across the room from me.
0: Was it the same church? <laughs> yeah, we
1: actually we we actually did go back to the same church that we had left, uh, which was kind of a. Looking at it now, we've been there a couple years. Um, it was a neat. Uh, it's kind of neat seeing what God did with that because. Did
0: you, it, now, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, it was more of like a, a circular thing. Like we, like there was almost unfinished business that that was. Uh, that was coming back and in, uh, in finding hope in brokenness. And what better place to do that than the place that we felt like there was no more hope. Hmm. Did and,
0: you, what did that look like? Did you talk to, the, to your pastor? Did you talk to your leaders, the
1: people that hurt you, that you felt hurt by? I uh, did.
0: Yeah. Tell me yeah. how those conversations went.
1: The first one was, again, uh, <laughs> I don't know why God always wants to talk to me in the shower, but that's just where it happens. Uh-huh. Uh, but he was like, Brandon, you need to forgive this person. And it was the pastor of the the church. And my first reaction was like, I don't have anything to forgive of this person because we didn't really have much of a relationship. It didn't go very deep. But uh, I had known some friends that had been hurt very deeply by this person. And uh, this was the one where like when I heard that name come up, it brought this like this little anger thing came out. And so it scared me. And for probably a couple of days, Brandon uh, or God would say, "Brandon, you need to forgive this person." I'd be like, "Ah, oh, there's nothing there. What's What's next?" And he wouldn't change his answer. And so uh, I finally sat down and wrote up an email and sent it out to him. And it was incredibly long. It was one of the, <laughs> just one of those oh, no. really of those wordy
0: emails. that yeah. pastors Get you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I even told him, I was like, "I am sorry. I'm just uh, you're getting the whole shebang in this one email," and uh, sent it over to him. And uh, he responded back the very next morning. And uh, was super gracious. Was like, Brandon, I, I accept that forgiveness on it, and I don't have anything I need to forgive with you. But I would love to sit down with you and go to lunch. And I have to admit, I almost didn't reply. Oh, really? <laughs> my my first reaction was like, okay, I, I got my check mark. God asked me to forgive him, and so all I needed to do was just forgive him and move on. But what God really wanted was the uh, uh, the relationship that Restoring accompanies restoration. The yeah. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and so. Awkwardly, I I uh, agreed to it, and we went to lunch. And I'm telling you, it was uh, it was so good. It was so healing. And we spent hours there just talking uh, through relationships and people that had been hurt. And it was very honest both ways. But there was this uh, graciousness to it. And I really believe that that was one of the starting points of uh, of coming back to being involved in with the church again uh, was being willing to take a step and offer out like an olive branch, uh, and not knowing what it's going to look like in return. Yeah. And that can be scary because when we've been hurt by people, uh, we, we come up with all these, uh, imaginations and scenarios in our heads of what, what that would look like if we like saw them in the supermarket or something. Most of the time it involves like we would turn the other way and walk away. Yeah. Uh, but the, the gospel, uh, doesn't call us like forgiveness is not an avoidance. Uh, that's, that's not forgiving somebody. Uh, avoidance is, you know, you're afraid of what would happen if you did run into them. Yeah. And so forgiveness calls for us to actually, uh, bring restoration to a situation as much as it, like when Paul tells us, as far as it depends on us living at peace with all people. Yeah. And often, uh, I know in my case, I gave up on people too easily Mm -hmm. because it was the easier path. Uh, and when you're angry, uh, Sometimes that can seem like the right path,
0: yeah it can i um yeah you know, I'm sure all of us can think about uh certain scenarios or certain people there's a couple of people that come to my mind that that I haven't necessarily been avoiding. They're people that I have forgiven, but they're not necessarily people that I want to spend any more time with yeah um they're they're people that have um that have wounded me. Uh, you know, but they, um, but I've forgiven them. I really, truly don't think about if I run into them, um, will it be awkward? Um, you know, but I, I totally get that. I, I completely get that. Um, that it's, uh, it's really important, especially when you're going, when you're dealing with church or anyone that you're in community with that you spend the time and you take the time for
1: yourself so that you can mm-hmm. be clear in your conscience, because that's just poison that you were carrying. Oh, absolutely, and it—it it wasn't just poisoning me; it was poisoning those around me. Because you know, when you start talking about the church, that venom comes out. Yeah, and uh, you don't always realize it, but uh, you're affecting other people mm-hmm. uh, in the way that they think about either a congregation or even God uh, Himself uh, through the lens of your hurt. Yeah, and that's why you see so much when. Uh, you know churches break apart and people start taking sides uh it's people there that that unforgiveness that weight is starting to be shared on one another and they they kind of carry it without uh without offering to lay that down you know at, at the cross and that's that leads to a lot of times us just giving up on one another so easily yeah yeah That's really, really good. I love
0: it. I love the story. Um, so you, you wrote a book, you're working on a book right now,
1: uh, or I guess it's written or you're in the process of, yeah, it is written. Uh, it was, my wife was a big, uh, proponent in that. Uh, I I did it doing writing a day a a week uh, and it took me, uh, took me 50 something weeks just kind of to, to get through it. But, um, it it is written and we had it edited. And what we're doing now is we, we've created this video to kind of uh, carry along or summarize in, you know, just a couple minutes, the feeling and overarching theme of the book. And, uh, the book goes into more detail of like the process of where I was to begin with, like the hurt and pain with it to then bringing out and what God showed me along the way and how I got to the point of being able to forgive the hurt and pain that I'd experience in the church and actually come back to seeing hope in the church regardless of whether it changed or not yeah and that was a very important uh, uh, point of it to me was that the church didn't have to change anything even though there's a lot of things that I, I still would want them to change uh, those things don't take the priority of my focus anymore
0: yeah. tell me about the video now um, mm-hmm. just describe it a little bit so you you um, you you filmed these great scenes with this poem
1: mm-hmm.
0: this the words are the same you get about halfway through the video and you're right there i'm right there with you with the anger towards the church and the kind of the the disappointment Um yeah. the deep disappointment that the church or the members of the church have have brought you and then tell describe how yeah. it then goes back in reverse
1: what it does is like we wrote that or actually wrote that poem um Oh, probably about a year ago. And I was trying to think of a way to put words in a shorter form on what uh, what I'd experienced with this church and that, you know, uh, in myself, like things had changed, but things had not had also not changed. Like I still had a lot of the same feelings uh, toward the church, but they weren't uh, being responded to with anger anymore. And so we wrote this and you get to the point where it comes to a scene and we're blowing out a, a candle and you see the glimmer of the candle fade away and it goes into just nothing. And it's like, I cannot forgive church. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. And it kind of, we wanted to let the viewer just kind of sit there for a minute and, and marinate in that, uh, and let that moment just kind of have the airiness around it. But then it comes in with asking the question, but what if I could Mm -hmm. just hypothetically, what if I could forgive all this pain and hurt? And so we filmed the scenes where the very same scenes, when played in reverse, offer a feeling of hope and restoration, mm-hmm. uh, just like the words, because it's using the same words, just looked at from a different perspective. And that's that's really one way that I found hope in the church was not by in, anything in it changing, but by looking at it at the same brokenness from a different perspective, uh, it would change the meaning of it and you'd be able to see beauty and brokenness it's almost like the church is this paradox it's ugly and beautiful all at the same time yeah and whichever one you want to look at that's the one that uh, you'll pay attention to yeah and uh, so we play that that video in reverse and we actually uh, uh, worked with uh, Cody Smith to do some uh, to score us uh, uh, some music for it and oh man he did such a good job with it because I I came to him with this difficult kind of idea of like, I want something that is like, got this drudgery to it because that's what I was feeling. But at the same time, when it comes back in reverse and we're getting into hope, I don't want it to be rainbows and sunshine because there was still a lot of hard steps and walking that had to, I had to go through to find that hope. But I was trusting that God was walking with me and that he wouldn't lie to me, that if he said his His church was beautiful, that it really was beautiful. I just wasn't seeing it at the moment. yeah, And so even in, in reverse on it, it kind of builds up with this hope, but it still has this like uh, drudgery kind of stepping to it that there's there's some work involved in this and this changing happening in us. But we're not alone in it.
0: Yeah. What would you say is the what what do you see in the church in your in your think as God spoke to you and maybe as you looked at scripture what were what were some things that was so clear to you about the church that was so defining for you that this was God's church and nothing, He's not asking us to change the church. Mm. So what what is it about the church that is so vital and so important? Why did God create it
1: for us? I think that's that's a really good question. Um, one of the things He showed me. Uh, was uh, I was actually standing in uh, in Walmart trying to buy some deodorant for my wife, <laughs> and there was like a hundred different options, and she had told me uh, uh, what she was looking for, and I couldn't remember the name of it. It was like Mango Breeze or something like that. <laughs> And so I had a caller on the phone. I was like, Lindsay, what is it that you're wanting me to get? Because there's so many options here. And all I want to do, like when I go body odor, it's like based on how you want to feel. Do you want to feel fresh or like spicy or or what? Like it's easy, the naming schema. But there's just like this mango breeze. And it it's not really a mango breeze. I mean, I know it's not like going to taste like a mango or anything like that. It's just this subconscious thing. So he spoke to me in that on how... Often we, we treat the church like, uh, like that, a commodity. It's something that uh, is no different than like a, a superstore or a restaurant that we may or may not like. And uh, we're standing there at the deodorant aisle trying to pick which flavors that we, we want to do, knowing that it's not really going to live up to what we, we think as long as we're looking at it in that way like a commodity. And he was like, Brandon, those, uh, those decisions that you didn't like uh, or that building campaign that just, you weren't on board with, or the way money was spent or the way that person was treated. Those were all decisions made by somebody. And what I had gotten to was to a point where like, I felt like it was okay to hate the institution. Mm. And it's like the, the church became nothing more than a superstore or a convenience store or something like that to me. And so I knew the church was separate, but I was seeing that as like, oh, it can only work if you have a small group inside of a house. That's it. That's the only way it can work. Mm. And he was like, no, there's, there's a lot of ways my church works. But as long as I kept looking at it as something where it was this faceless uh, entity and that these decisions were made by an institution, it was very easy to hate it. Mm. But as soon as like I had to put a face to it, that somebody made a decision that I didn't like, well, then then I get into a matter of forgiveness of the heart and soul and the heart and soul is God's territory. And I'm, and I know what scripture tells me about uh, forgiving one another. And so it brings it more, uh, it puts those words into more reality, I guess on that. If I want to hate on this and I've got to choose that I'm going to hate a person. And so that was a very uh, defining moment of coming back was, uh, seeing that this was full of broken people, but God was still working in it. And that as long as I was following after him and remembering him in the situations, uh, of life that I was in, that I didn't have to get distracted by all these other, uh, small things. Cause there's thousands of them. There's just so many things that you can get distracted on with the church. Yeah. Uh, but we're often reminded throughout scripture, you know, God is constantly like the Israelites. He was remi- reminding them when he brings them, uh, into the promised land. He's like, Hey, I want you to put a pile of rocks over there. And I want you to tell your kids, kids of what I did for you, bringing you guys out of Egypt. And don't forget me. Don't forget me on this. And it's this constant thing of God trying to get us to remember him. Mm -hmm. And so when I come, when I was looking at the church through that kind of eye of like, okay, so they're broken and I'm supposed to offer forgiveness toward this, but you're redeeming that what happened was like, I turn around, I look in a mirror and he's like, but I'm doing that same, uh, redeeming in you. Yeah. He's like, you know, the way that you hated the way they spent money. Have you taken a look at your life? And he's like that way that you felt like they were mean to that person over there where they, uh, just treated them wrongly. Well, what does your life look like that? And so when I took my finger off pointing at someone else and then looked in a mirror and looked at myself, oh man, it was scary. And I was like, God, I need grace. I need grace. He's like, yes, you do, and so do they.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, that's good. That's where it all lies. Mm-hmm. All lies in grace, and um, how much we need it, and when we remember how much we need it, and we put our eyes on that, um, and on Him, and that He's the provider of that grace. Yeah, all of those other things will uh, will stand aside.
1: Yes, absolutely. Minimal.
0: <laughs> well, Brandon, it's... I'm so excited about this that uh, because I see a lot of healing coming in uh, to the church and to to within the body of Christ and I think it's a very powerful mission that you have so um, how well, can thank people, you how can people uh, find out more about um, what you're doing uh, the movement that you're
1: starting and um, and all of it the easiest way is to go to our website uh, iforgivechurch.com. and uh, from there if you haven't seen the video, uh, there's a link at the top that says uh, the video and they'll be able to watch it there. Uh, and I would love to hear what people think about it. And if they like it to help us share it because mm-hmm. uh, getting this message out of hope is, is one that's going to take uh it's going to take more than just me and just my friends. It's going to take a uh, community of people in the church uh, kind of helping get this message out there, not for my case, but more for uh, this is something I feel like there's a lot of people that, are in the same road. Uh, it feels like we all know somebody, or we might be that somebody that has lost hope in the church. And really, the, the point of this video in the book is not to give like an A B equals C kind of answer to uh, the situation, but it's more to get us to the point of saying, you know, if I could forgive this stuff, uh, and if I could just focus on my Father and walk with Him, uh, what would happen? And then let the Holy Spirit take over from, from there, because it's going to look different in different situations. But if they want to get on board with it, they can go to that website, iforgivechurch.com. I've got a few videos uh, on that page as well that talk about my story and uh, kind of in a shorter version of what we're trying to where I came from with it and how I got to uh, the point where I was returning. And if they have questions, they're welcome to reach out to me through that website as well. I'd love to talk to them.
0: Brandon, it has been an honor to have you on. I'm just so grateful that you're uh, opening up and sharing about your story, being vulnerable. Uh, that's always where good things happen. When we can really be vulnerable, really be honest, take a look at ourselves, um, see what we've done to contribute to the to the problem, see what we've done to contribute to the issue that that is going on in the church today. And if we all would take a look at ourselves and see what we're doing to contribute to the problems that we're we're having, I think a lot of healing can um, can happen, and we also need courage to be able to admit that we've been um, wrong, that we've yeah. been that we've maybe been prideful and um, been pointing so much at others we haven't had any time to to really look at what's going on in our own heart, what kind of poison we've been we've been entertaining and spewing in our own heart and our own marriages and every every way possible. So uh, Brandon, I love what you're doing. I'm a big fan. Brandon Gross, I forgive church. .com. I can't wait to uh, promote the book and, and help you in that way as well. Thanks, Brandon, uh, for coming on the Courage Cast.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me.